Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm Ed. And this is Create a Generation. Create a Generation of Hype. All right, welcome back to Create a Generation. This week it is me, Ed, with Fredrico. How you going, Fred? Yeah, good, Ed. How you going, buddy? I'm good. We're going to bring the energy. We're going to <laughs> not do a Q&A roulette yeah. because um, long-time listeners know that I break all the rules that I make. Yeah. And because I make them, I get to break them. I've thrown the wheel out. I've taken some questions that we get a lot of and it's about the big, bad, scary thing called the YouTube algorithm. There's multiple of them. I've got a series of questions. I've kind of sorted them out based on what people ask a lot of, but also what I think people should know. And Fred, I'm going to grill you on them. And by the end of this, everyone's going to feel super comfortable understanding what the YouTube algorithms are doing and why they don't hate you. And we can all go and make awesome content and be super happy. How's that sound? That sounds good, Ian. Am I over-promising? You are over-promising, but let's, let's see if we can over-deliver as well. All right, cool. All right. Why did I say algorithms? What are they? What's going on? Like, can, give me the overview. Like, I think that's the thing. We built this thing up. Mm. Let's break it down. Well, I mean, I guess the, the, the best place to start, um, where well, we usually start a lot of our events, we always talk about the foundational aspects of YouTube and understanding the platform. Um, once you understand the platform, I think you can better understand what the algorithms are, are trying to do. So... A lot of people still think of, of YouTube like the you know old school YouTube, the YouTube from the olden days where it looked at all the views and likes and and then it decided, hey, you know, based on this video that had so many views and this video that had so many likes that had more than this video that was prioritized and pushed forward, it's really moved on like, a lot from that. Hang on, let's give an example of that because some people might not know what that is. Yeah. Let's just like look up Charlie Bit My Finger. What's yeah. that one where the kid's coming back from the dentist? Those kind of things, yeah. one-off there's one off, viral. you know, short viral videos when there were no other platforms that were on. Like this is where all the viral videos went. So that's what I mean, people, a lot of people still think it is that. That's um, the direction it, it, it's going, but it's not. It's a different type of platform. That was a very old YouTube. Um, it's grown up a lot. It's a teenager now. How old is it now? 15. 15, yeah. The teenager now, so it's, yeah. it's, it's advanced. So what basically happened over time was it went from just looking at things like views and likes and this idea of virality. It started looking at more important factors, realize that people were looking for more. They wanted to be entertained. You know, they're not just there to see one-off videos. They were there to watch multiple videos. So it started to progress. And then I started looking at things like watch time. And watch time became a really important aspect of, of the system. And people became really obsessed with that, like trying to get as much watch time as possible. And then YouTube realized, you know what? It's not just watch time. Like, you know, not all watch time is the same. You know, someone might watch a half an hour of news and not, you know, because they, they have to. Um, rather than because that's something they enjoy and want to. So it's not going to keep feeding them, you know, things like music and again. So it's starting to look at more metrics like what really satisfies, but what what really satisfies a person? What are they really after? What will keep them watching again and again, keep coming back to the platform and really enjoying all the content, keep capture their attention. So as these things got more sophisticated, the algorithms, like you mentioned before, got more sophisticated understanding what people liked, um, you know, understanding where they were watching it, how they were watching it, and what kind of content they wanted to watch. So they started to develop this very smart response to everyone who logs in, looking at something like 8 billion different signals to understand how to customize the experience for that user or viewer to keep them watching as long as possible. So over time, that's what's happened. These algorithms have developed um, and grown um, as YouTube has grown to give the viewer the best experience possible and keep them watching as long as possible. All right, so 
Short answer of what does it want? It wants people just to... It wants to keep people's attention. In this day and age, every creator, <laughs> the currency you're operating in is attention. You have to keep attention, not just from other platforms, but from everything else, everyone else. Everything else, everyone is doing, right? So that's what it's trying to do, is trying to help you know, get someone's attention and keep them watching. I'll go a quick tangent. Mm. Maybe it's not even a tangent, it's a related question. Does the, does the algorithm like care about individual channels like and people does it hate hate certain people <laughs> people really get upset with the fact that they think the algorithm hates them right i have something creators say oh i don't know what's going on it hates me something's going on here but no i, I don't think so i think the the algorithm is really indifferent the algorithm you know looks at the viewer it chases the viewer it follows the viewer it's designed to see what does the viewer want and how can i give them more of that how can i keep their attention so you know, I think uh, Trent Hare said this and Todd from YouTube said this as well. It's like, you know, when you're thinking the word algorithm, replace that with viewer and you've got a pretty good approximation of what it's trying to do. It's trying to replicate those human aspects that keep people watching. So end of the day, if you think the algorithm hates you, it's probably the, the viewers <laughs> who don't quite <laughs> like what you're after. So um, that's what I'd be looking at. Like the uh, algorithm doesn't hate you. It's indifferent to basically content creators. All they're trying to do is try to find the best content possible put it in front of someone and keep them watching as long as possible dear creator the algorithm doesn't care about you it cares about the viewer it will so you should care about it care you should care about if you care about your audience anyway I'll, uh, look i don't the I think algorithm care, will care about you it's it's, it's <laughs> not anything it doesn't care what i think the way it, it you should look at it is that it doesn't particularly you know put any emphasis on on any particular person in any emotional kind of way, right? It's 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 emotionless is basically how I describe it. Yeah, no, I'm 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 taking it to an extreme and having fun with it. Okay, so um, and I I think a, a really interesting point there to point out, and I think this stat's still correct, Fred. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like seventy percent or more videos are found through home and suggested. So that's because said algorithms puts it in front of the viewer right yeah. so yeah it, it, that's how powerful this thing is yeah, it's and a, how important it's pretty high so basically that that feed so when you first log on to youtube whether on your, your desktop or your mobile device and then once you watch a video and it you know gives you suggestions that's the the algorithm in, in sort of full tilt it's basically trying to figure out you know when you first get there wow what could you possibly want to watch and then once you're watching something how can i keep you watching so that's what it's basically outputting uh that just reminds me of um a creator we had in a um an accelerator once who got really annoyed that their, their roommate kept borrowing their laptop and was watching all different stuff. And they're like, man, you're stuffing with my algorithm. So their home feed was totally yep. skewed with, with stuff they didn't really watch because their, their roommate was borrowing their laptop. <laughs> I love it. All right. So this all-seeing, all-knowing, cold, indifferent algorithm that just wants to give the viewer satisfaction. Yeah. It's making a whole bunch of recommendations. Like it makes recommendations for the viewer that are personalized per viewer, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of where we're at. Um, each viewer gets their own recommendation. Yeah. What's it making those recommendations based on? Um, so basically the system recommends um, content based on, on three key aspects. And look, if you want a, a full summary, actually YouTube did a, a really good version of this on uh, Creator Insiders. You can go watch those videos there. I think they actually made it a two-parter, so they really got into it. But in a nutshell, it looks at, three key areas first one being personalization that's based on the viewer themselves like what gives them enjoyment what do they enjoy watching right that's key and foremost then, then it looks at things like you know based on all these factors like what's new what's interesting what's coming up what's different you know what haven't they seen before 
and it looks at aspects around that. And then it looks at their overall interest in a topic, like how interested is that person in a particular topic or series of topics and how are they all connected. So it's looking at those personalization aspects. The next area it looks at is what you know, we call performance, and that's based on the actual videos themselves that are going up. It looks at the videos and says, okay, what is the click-through rate like on this video, for example, right? What is the overall engagement? Like how is the retention being on this video? Is it got those satisfaction markers we talked about before, right? And the last one we call peripherals, but it's really the external factors, and that's things like the topic generally and um, you know things with like the competition in the topic. So not all topics are the same. I think um, the example they give is like um, different sports, like soccer might be a lot larger than you know uh, horse riding, for example. Um, so not all topics are equal, and it sort of balances out the serving based on that. But also things like seasonality, like you know, football, for example, might be more popular during football season, but not as popular in the off season. So it's looking at all those factors. So basically, that personalization aspect around the viewer themselves, the performance aspect based around the videos, um, and then that peripheral or external aspects, like the external factors, how do they affect the overall distribution of a video? And in a nutshell, that's the three areas we can probably do like a full hour in each of them. And like I said, if you want to check it out in a bit more detail, check out the videos on Creator Insider, the two-parters they did talking about these uh, three aspects. Boom. And a good resource, Creator Insider, if you're not watching that already. Indeed. You want to nerd out on what's going on on YouTube and how it all works, you should definitely check it out. Okay, cool. So it's done that. It's put the videos in front of me. Like, How does it know that people like are liking a video? Like, Obviously, you know, we talked about uh, back in the day, it was like views and likes and then now, like, there's the all-powerful watch time. Like, people are like, watch time, retention. So, like, is that it? Like, how does it know? Yeah, what is well, it looking for? What's satisfaction? It's a, it's a combination of, of a lot of things. Yes, one is it looking at the overall retention um, on a video, but it's also looking at, like, this, this idea of satisfaction. Like, not all watch time is equal. So what is actually satisfying the viewer? Um, an example that I give is, like, I think I mentioned before, is, like, you might watch a tutorial on, like, um, on something or watch some news or, you know, I might need to know how to fix a door. So I watch like a half hour or an hour video on how to fix a door. But, you know, if it looks at it at, on the face level, say, hey, wow, this person watched an hour-long video on how to fix a door. I'm going to keep giving him content on that. That would be really boring and you know, kind of <laughs> So it's not trying to do that. It's basically trying to look at it and say, okay, did, did, why is this person watching the video? Are they watching, you know, are there other markers that help me understand that the person is actually enjoying it. And that's why it looks at things like, you know, likes, overall watch time, time comments, the, um, the surveys it actually asks you about after you watch the video, for example, you know, what did you think of this video? You know, how did it make you feel? <laughs> All those things go into understanding what satisfies you. But, you know, watching the video and enjoying the video and coming back is obviously a, a key part of that. But this idea of satisfaction is becoming more and more important. And as the systems become more intelligent, they're, easy, they're more um, readily able to determine how satisfying a video is and what will keep people watching. And the fact that, you know, you're on these platforms for a really long time, you know, constantly consuming content does show that they are pretty good at, at finding you satisfying content. <laughs> have you ever answered one of those surveys? I, I have. I do answer them because, because, of the, um, because I know that they, they uh, help the system understand what I like better. I do, under, I do fill those surveys. Do you, do you think you're the only one? Like, I'd love to know. If anyone out there has filled out the survey, please hit us up. Let us know on our socials or something. DM me. I want to know. Who are you? What's wrong with you? Google <laughs> YouTube say that they get thousands, 
they get thousands of responses a day. So they must they must have people filling them. I don't know how many. The fact that they still do it means that it's probably valuable. So there you go. I guess there's what uh, like over a billion people or something logged into YouTube or something. what's the, whatever the stat is. You know, a few thousand. Like of course there's going to be thousands of responses. I don't know. Sorry, I'm going I'm going deep and dark on this one. <laughs> Surveys they're the hardest thing to get people to fill out but they're very useful um and i've never done it even though i know what it does um, it's interesting what you, you mentioned too like uh, about like the, how to fix a door like that contextual understanding of what you want and when you want it like mm. i think there was a time that if you did look at how to fix xyz your feed just got filled with more of how to fix xyz but now it's it's clearly getting smarter what's going on there because yeah. yeah it seems to understand the context of that's people right watching Con- context is, is becoming more important too and um you know uh, there was a time where the system didn't understand the context of what you're watching and, and sort of when you're watching it an example I, I used to to have was um when my daughter was really young she used to watch um videos of birds eating grain of seeds uh when she was eating dinner she, it was very calming so typically you put it on on the google home in the background and there'll be this like 10 hour video of, of birds eating seeds um and they were designed for house cats right like to keep them sane during the day you keep this video on in the background but my daughter really liked it when she was eating she used to watch the birds eating it was really great but what i'd found was like i was getting these videos fairly regularly all over the place um, but over time, I found that it was only serving those videos or as a suggestion to that Google Home and not on my other devices. So it was basically understanding the context and realized that, hey, you don't like these bird feeding videos all the time. You might like them only on one device. It understands that. So things like context do do matter. Um, and that becomes more apparent, obviously, the, the different way to use your devices. Um, so it really understands like on different surfaces, people are, you know, more interested in browsing versus on some surfaces where they want to be maybe a, a little bit more specific, for example. Um, so yeah, those, those kind of things, uh, do, do make a difference now. <laughs> the bird, the, the birds calming your cat reminds me of the example we use around, uh, people who love guinea pigs and there's that eight hour music video for guinea pigs mm. natural stress and anxiety relief for guinea pigs that has had well over two and a half million views <laughs> eight hours stress relief music for your guinea pigs uh that's where i just think youtube's a weird and wonderful world um <laughs> uh, my stressed out guinea pig is so happy now um <laughs> all right now that makes like that and that's good like you know that's that's why we don't end up with door fixing videos slammed in in your face all the time when you only needed it to fix the door mm. and you're done or the bird videos are, you know playing in the background right now for you on your google home on your tv rather than on your mobile um okay changing gears just a little bit like we've got this all-seeing all-knowing algorithms that are then trying to you know find the right video for the viewer based on all these things every and you know going back to the algorithm hates me or or like the impact of the algorithm on like a bad video like people like oh this video killed my like killed me in the algorithm Mm. and we hear that all the time still and it from creators they're like this is one too many bad videos and you like your content will stop being served forever like good 
old content, new content. So like, is that true? Like, is it like, can you bad a bad video just tank you? Like, just one bad video here and there that. <laughs> I don't know. Let's not get into like what a bad video is either. Yeah. Like that's just a whole can of worms. I mean, yeah, people get very uh, focused on underperforming videos, um, and then they're worried that it will affect their entire channel. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think YouTube gives a channel like an overall repu- like a reputation score and say, "Hey, this is a bad channel. Don't go near it." Unless the channel like violates the the, the community policies, I, I don't think that's an issue. Around. Oh yeah, they hate that. Yeah. So, I mean, what it looks at is, is the individual videos you put out and that relationship they have with the viewer. Um, what can sometimes happen is that creators create a lot of videos that underperform and, you know, there's a lot of variety in the videos and they never really, you know, have a specific direction and YouTube just doesn't know how to serve out the videos. So, you know, it's not going to take every video you do and just put it out to the entire planet. That would be insane because there's so many videos being posted on the platform all the time. So it's really trying to understand who your audience is, who enjoys your videos, who's satisfied by your videos and try to give them more of them. So it's basically creating this relationship with, um, you know, the individual viewers and the individual videos um, and your uh, videos and the collection of your videos as, as a whole, really, um, and trying to put it out. So no, about one bad video won't, won't affect it. But if you consistently make bad videos, what's going to happen is that the audience will lose interest in the channel or the videos and when, you know, it looks at the data and says, hey, these videos aren't getting any watch time, they're not getting any, any good retention, like no one particularly seems interested, it's just not going to keep serving the videos again and again and again. So keep that in mind. But no, one bad video won't, won't affect the channel. Like it won't mm-hmm. cause a massive downward trend, basically. On the flip side, um, you know, Julian O'Shea. Mm-hmm. So Julian O'Shea is a, a creator and we've had him on the podcast. Check out his episode. He's a... He tells interesting stories about seemingly mundane things like sidewalk cross buttons and stuff like that. But Julian had this idea that YouTube should have a button that each creator once a year can be like, this is my video. This is the video for the year. This is the good one. This is the best one. They get to hit that button and bushka, it gets put in front of like as many people as possible that, that YouTube like still with relevancy, <laughs> but just bushka, out, out it goes. It'd be kind of fun, um, but when you think of how many people are creating videos on YouTube, it would be a complete monster. But um, what do you think about that one? Well, <laughs> Question without notice on that I, one. I think that would, that's, an, that's an interesting idea. I think it'll be misused greatly. <laughs> All right. Um, something people, like, you know... Um, Talk about a lot still, and they're really like it's a it's a lovely, dare I say, vanity metric. Um, subscribers, they like I've got a lot. Like people go, I've got lots of subscribe subscribers. Why isn't YouTube putting that video in front of those subscribers? They get really narky that I've got all these subscribers, and they're like they don't get the video served to them. Like YouTube is broken. The algorithm's stuffed because it doesn't show my videos to my subscribers. What's up? But yeah, that's, that's yeah. cracked. That should, shouldn't it? <laughs> well, I guess the subscriber problem is based on the fact that, um, you know, well, it's problematic because it's such an, it's such an old factor. It's been around forever. Um, and so many people put their worth as a YouTuber based on that number, right? So, and like even YouTube, like they'll give you the play buttons based in certain milestones. So it's still a way to sort of, roughly tell how big a creator is. But at the end of the day, 
these algorithms are so sophisticated that you don't need to subscribe in order for it to give you the content you want. In fact, if you think about the content you watch a lot of on YouTube, the, the stuff it serves you, most of the time you're not subscribed to those channels, right? It just knows and understands that's what you like, so it'll put it in front of you so you watch it. Um, in fact, I watched a channel the other day. I was watching it. And I'm like, hey, I've been watching it for a year, and I haven't subscribed, but I always get it in my feed because it knows I like and I enjoy that channel. So it's subscribers, the idea of having a being a subscriber isn't as important as it used to be. And if you think about it too, like how many channels have you subscribed to over the years and how many of those channels that you subscribed to do you still watch, right? Like I maybe watch five of the channels I subscribed to out of the hundreds I've you know done over the years. So you know, if it basically served you only your subscribed content, you'd be getting – hundreds of videos from channels you no longer care about. It's not like you unsubscribe when you stop liking a channel. You probably just leave it and let it go in the background. So that's why it's not a, as, as important a factor anymore. So I wouldn't focus on subs, um, especially as YouTube gets older. Even in the last week or two, as you'd see, like YouTube has changed the way the sub button works and the color of it and stuff like that as it sort of maybe moves away from the importance of it. Um, Really, the more important thing is you want to get people to watch your content, watch as much of it as possible, and really enjoy it, really be satisfied by it. Like that's the thing that's important. Um, that's why things like retention is important. Watching your audience are they a returning audience? Are they coming back to your channel? Like those are the things I'd be focusing on. Definitely, I think people only unsubscribe from a channel if that creator is cancelled. Yeah, right? or, or, like, or the or the thing happens and they really dislike it. Yeah, so but, yeah, like really, like, you just. Who's got time for that? I don't even know how you do it. Like, okay, we've thrown a whole bunch of stuff. So, like, I, I think you alluded to, you, you kind of went there just then. But, like, it's like, it's all, it's all well and good to have all this information. Just like, what's the practical of it? Like, what should a creator do mm. about this? Like, What's the takeaway on that? Like, well, look, it's nice to know. It's the, I mean, this, what do I do? This actually came down to something like uh, so. Todd, who's the head of the algorithm team, when we were chatting at, at one of the VidCons a few years back, said this, and I thought it was it was actually you know it made a lot of sense. And he actually said this from a from the point of view of a completely logical point of view. He goes, if you think about it, if you get somebody to to watch a bit of content on your channel and they stay and watch the whole bit of content, and then they come back and watch another bit of content, you know, that's a really good signal to say hey there's something here that potentially is interesting to this person like if you can basically stoke that behavior getting people to watch one bit of content and coming back and watching another bit of content at a base level that's a pretty valuable thing so if you've wanted to concentrate on anything try and focus on that and i think it's i think it's really good advice because one it's from the guys who run the algorithm team two it's something that i think over the years has stood up very well um, and three, at the end of the day, it's sort of the goal of YouTube, right? Like I said before, right at the start, they want to keep your attention. And if you're watching all these videos and coming back and watching all the other videos, you've got their attention. And that's what the system is trying to do. That's what the algorithms are trying to do. So if you want to focus on anything, try to get somebody to watch a video on your channel, get them to watch as much as possible, then stay and, and watch another one, come back and watch more. And remember, it's, it's not about you, dear creator. It's about your audience. It is about your audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so look fred we have and dear listeners dear creators we've you know scraped the surface of the almighty youtube algorithm but you know personally it's about as deep as you probably really need to get to understanding it i i think like really like like we, we spend too much time as, uh, in this this world of of creators and creator education diving too deep into the understanding the minute machinations of this beast mm. but anyway if you do have more questions you want to go deep on it you want to get really nerdy with it we can do that 
Like we can do future episodes on that. Or you can uh, come on over to the Creator Generation Discord and we can go real deep on that too with us and, and the other community. So um, that's in the show notes below. So hit that up. You can get in touch with us and we can rock and roll and go nerdy. Sorry for throwing out the Creator Generation Q&A roulette wheel. I'll have to uh, maybe resurrect it back from the dumpster. But thanks for hanging out. And Frederico, thank you for your wisdom. No worries. Chat to you guys soon. All right. Cheers. Bye. Create a generation. Look on the mic.